Welcome back to the Girl Scout Troop Leader Experience Podcast. I am here with another international interview today, and I am super excited. So before I geek out anymore, please, my dear guest, introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, and how you're involved in Girl Guides. So hello, everyone. Um, I'm really pleased to be here today to share about my guiding experience. My name is Narindra Anjiamai Falson. I am from Madagascar. Uh, so in Madagascar, we have one member organization, but we have three component association and we are all ba- based in church. And I am from the association, which is based in uh, Protestant churches, which is called Panazava in Madagascar. Uh, currently, I am a regional commissioner in charge of Ranger, but I'm also volunteering at WACS level as part of the as part of the girl-led advocacy team. That's a little bit about me. Awesome. Thank you for coming on here with me today. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of the culture of the organization? Do you have a promise? Do you have a law? Do you have a mission statement? What does what is that? Yeah, so about the organization, as I said earlier, that's the first cultural thing that which is unique from Madagascar is that we are mostly based in church and we have not only one, but three component association at the federation level. The second, we also have our own, like the promise, it's similar to all promises, but we have just um, translated it in our local language, which is Malagasy. We have also laws. So it's not only one, but we have, in my association, we have three different laws. So one for the brownies, one for guides, and another one for runners. We have our mission statement, which is similar to WAG's mission, but as we are based in church, the only difference is that in the mission we have had it that for girls to become uh, involved in their in their Christianity life, I will say. So that's the, the plus on the mission, but we have a totally similar mission vision from WAGS and the laws and promises. That's the, the little difference that we have. I, was, I won't say different, but that's the little plus that we have from the works, promise, law, mission, and vision. That makes sense. That is super interesting. Do you know how long guiding has been in Madagascar? Yeah, so in my association in Panasonic, Madagascar, this is great. We are celebrating our 80 years this year. So it has been here for 80 years and more in the Catholic churches. I think they are all a bit older than us, but it's really great because they are celebrate, we are able to celebrate 80 years of the association. This year, even with all these pandemics and stuff going around. Yeah, it's been a rough time, that, but that's so cool that you're celebrating 80 years. What age levels are the girls? How old are the girls in your organization? Yeah, so we have three branches. The first one is brownies, so they are from 6 to 11. The second one is guides, so they are from 12 to 15. And then we have runners from 16 and up to 
sometimes 25 and up to them. And then from 18, girls can become leaders for any branches that they choose. And then when you are like 25 or above, you can go to the region. So you become regional commissioner. And then we have the national board at different ages, youth or older, but at different ages. So it's really like everyone in any ages can find their places and can do, can become a guide no matter how old are them. Yeah, that's so cool. It sounds like um, the total ages that are served is really similar, but that seems like a really long time to be in brownies. That's a really big difference because here you're only in brownies for two years. Yeah, it's really different because we don't have, um, how will I say, different association called it different. Like we don't have the smallest. We just like we have them together. Yeah, so that's that's why it's a bit long for like for us. It's large, but yeah. Um, and how would you describe what is the like? typical girl experience? What kind of activities do girls do? What kind of events do you have? Um, What are meetings like? And what kind of badges do girls earn? Yeah, so I'll talk about the meeting first. So um, our meeting is for all, for all units all over Madagascar, meetings are weekly. So we have weekly meeting either on Saturday on Sunday afternoon in church most of the time. And then there are different activities like camping as always. There are like sharing experiences, activities, just outdoor activities and stuff like that. Uh, when you go to the, like, the regional level, also organize some activities for all the units in the region. So it's like a meetup that might be like every month or more than once a month if needed. And then at the national level also, there are different activities that happen every, like every year, twice a year or third, three times a year, depending on the activities. So we always like, as similar to all the guiding activities, like we go for hiking, we go uh, camping, cultural things, on music, dance, and stuff like that. Um, we go also for some, some, like some conference about Christianity and everything around that, as we are, as I said, based in church. So we are really taking that level, that level that based in church things is really important for us. And yeah, similar to all activities that Kaidin are doing, but one thing that I will think stand up out of that is, for example, for rangers, rangers every two years we have a walking context. So it's like walking for about 40 or no, 80 kilometers, where it's not just walking, but we do as we go, sensitize people in the communities about different themes, like on the walks, theme about menstruation, hygiene management, about water, sanitation, and hygiene, about uh, violence. So 
As we walk the 80 kilometers, we are also sensitizing communities, homes on the way, peoples on the way about those different things. It's really cool also when we have a national camp. So it's like time for everyone from different parts of, of Madagascar to meet up, to do challenges and stuff like that. So uh, we don't really have that lot of badges. We do have, but most of the time we share it in unit at unit level. So it's the leaders who see that, oh, this girl, for example, really knows how to play like guitars or music. So it's the leader who gives the girls like the musical badge and stuff like that. But we are not really, we don't really do this like badge things unless it is about a wax theme. So for example, when girls finish their activities around girl powered nutrition, they get their girl powered nutrition badges. When they are done, when they finish their surf smart, for example, they get their surf smart badges. But we don't really do like we don't really share badges as girls finish one thing every time, but we do when badges are available. And it's for for the other badges, like I mean for badges which are not uh, about the wax film, it's the leaders in the unit who are in charge of like giving them to the girl as a reward for their talent, most especially for their talent. Gotcha. That makes sense. That's super interesting. Um, what about money? Like if this goes through church, usually um, do families have to buy uniforms or are they provided? And what about the cost of the activities like camping? Where does the money come from? Yeah. Uh, so we don't sell costumes. We are starting to think about selling it, but right now we don't sell costumes. We just give the parents the looks like this is the, 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 the costume, the uniform that the girl should wear. So the parents take care of it. After that, like we just give that to the parents. The girl comes, the, the girl comes with the uniform after that. So on that part, it's totally on the parent charges. Sometimes we do offer in church, like as a like for girls who are not can't really afford that. So we offer that to them, but it's up to the unit committee, the unit leaders, and everyone in the unit. But for example, in my in my unit, we used to do that. We used to like just buy and then just make it and then give it to girls who can't really, I would say, have difficult difficulties to afford it. Uh, so to find like for all the money for all camping, we mostly do ha have like small fundraising for. In each unit, each unit do a small fundraising. It's up to them to find out what are they going to do. So from that, that's where that's what they use to support camping. At regional level, also it's the same. So the regional level have their own fundraising. It can be like a sort of gala or or just 
just selling, for example, cakes and stuff like that. But the regional level usually have their own fundraising. At the national level also, it's the same. But the plus is we, we used to have, I would say we used to have because these past two years we couldn't manage. So the first one is donation from, from alumni members or supporters. So we have a system of donation like, like gold and stuff like that. So the usual, the usual system of donation of like, they can give any amount from, like they can give any amount during the year. So that's the first donation. Uh, the second one we used to have, uh, we used to organize a party, like a dining party every year. So that's the main fundraising for, at the national level. Um, it's a kind of, um, it's a kind of like gala, something like that. Yeah, so I'm following. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then the third one is how we support different activities and stuff like that is the programs that we are doing. So we get fund, we get supported by WACs, for example, for any any activities related to WACs team. Like, and then we also work with uh, UN organization like UNICEF. So we can do activities for the girls, but also for others in the communities. So we don't really have the, the we don't really do the selling cookies or biscuits and stuff like that, but it depends on the unit, on the region, but they're having their own fundraising system. They can sell everything that they think will be worth it. Interesting. At national, at national level, it's it's kind of mostly the program supported by WACs or any other uh organization uh the donation and then the 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 once in a year fundraising it can be food it can be like a christmas a christmas uh what do you call it we used to sell a christmas box yeah something like that so it really depends on the time when we are doing it but also on the people organizing it mostly that is super interesting. So you can kind of plan something, whatever will work for your area and your group. Yeah, you can totally plan that. And it's not, it's not similar for all units all over Madagascar, but it's working as like so far it has been working. So everyone finds shoes for themselves. Yeah. And in your current role, do you work, do you volunteer directly with the girls or do you do more of the like management right now? Uh, so I'm volunteering directly with the girls. Um, so the regional, I'm at regional level right now. So I was at unit level. I left the unit level two years ago. So I'm now at regional level, but still I'm on like I'm volunteering directly and working directly with girls on the activities. For us, the management, um, the management system is a totally different. It's a totally different members. So at unit level, regional level, and national level, we have in each that level we have management committees. 
So if you are in the management committees, you are not involved directly with the, the girls, but you are at the management committee. So us as part of the one working directly with the girls, we don't really do that management part. We leave that to the management committees. Gotcha. Level. <laughs> so the girls that you work with, how old are the girls that you work with and how many of them are there that you work directly with? Mm, so they are from 16 to above. So they are runners. And as in regional level, I think they are around, they are more than 50 actually in total. I don't have the recent number, but they are more than, than 50. So in my region, for example, we have around 1,200 girl guides in total. So from 16 to above, they are about, no, not 80, but about 200 or more than that, around than that. But in my unit, I used to have like 15 to 19 runners. So that's approximately the numbers. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a big group. Yeah. Especially when you are at regional level, it's really large because you are not thinking about only one unit. You are thinking about all the unit in your region. So it's large, but it's really cool to work with them. That's so fun. So were you a guide growing up? I was a guide when, so my mom used to be a guide. So I was a guide since I was, I would say since I was born, but then I stopped at, at 11 and then I came back when I was 15. So I didn't do the guide branch. I was brownies and then I stopped for some time and then I become rounders after some, I would say I was a guide since, since childhood, but I missed a little bit in the middle <laughs> somewhere there. I love that. Yeah, we have that here too. Um, when somebody who's really involved with Girl Scouts here gets pregnant and finds out she's having a girl or she has um, a brand new baby girl, there's always jokes about like, she was born to be a Girl Scout. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. It was really fun. I, I wasn't in the age camp, but I still enjoyed that thought. She brought me camping. She brings me everywhere. So like I was there, even if I didn't understand anything about what is happening around, but I still enjoyed it. So yeah, it's really cool when you are guys since, since you were born. <laughs> yeah, that's so neat. So what's one of your favorite memories from being involved in guiding growing up? There are a lot of memories. I think everything in guiding is memories. Um, I will share one that really stands out is when I was, I think, 10 years, 10 or 9 years. Also, it was the 20, no, it was the 10th year anniversary of my unit. So we had to go camping in the west side of Madagascar. So the west side is really hot and sunny. But we had to go there. I was still a kid. I was really like, yeah, I was 10 years or around that or seven years or uh, I was between eight to 10 years. I don't really remember, but the place was so hot and was totally dry. <laughs> so we had to really enjoy the camp. We walking like for some kilometers to find waters, but still organizing everything in the camp. It was really, really fun. It was 
water was a challenge because it was so dry. It was so hot. And that was my first time like really camping in a tent and stuff like that. Because for us in Madagascar, brownies are not allowed yet to sleep in a tent. So we have to find house and stuff like that for them. But that time there wasn't, there wasn't a house. It was in the middle of nowhere. So we had to sleep in a tent and we had to just find food from there. And it was really fun. The second was just right after that, we had a national camp for, I think, the 15th. It was a celebration camp, but I don't remember which one. So that was the first time I went there as, um, as a, I, was, um, I was like, not brownies leaders, but like troop leader. So it was really like, it was scary because it was national level. So there could be like, a thousand of us camping together or more than a thousand of us and that was my first time going camping as a troop leader so I had all my troop behind me and I was in charge of all my troop it was really <laughs> scary but it was really a big event as for myself as a troop leader after that there are a lot like the different international camp that I have been and the different walking contests that I lead with my girls. There are a lot of memories, but that's you that stand out. I love those. So you also mentioned um, before we actually jumped on the call together, you had mentioned something about exchange programs. Do you want to touch on that? Yes. So uh, exchange program has has really been a big, big part of my guiding experience since I came back as a ranger. So I had different opportunities to have, like to attend camp. So I I had the opportunity to attend one international camp in Japan, but also to be a host of um, scouts and guides troop from different countries, like from mostly France and UK in Madagascar. So like really exchange program where we show them around uh, what is guiding in Madagascar, not just only through a call, but like really show them in real, like this is guiding in Madagascar, and also to be able to do something for the communities. I was also part of this wonderful program called Youth Exchange South to South, mostly in Africa region. So like you go to another member organization, you work there for, you volunteer and work with them for sometimes and then you come back in your country and then also on the other side is the the word center experiences so it has really been part of like my guiding life growing up and I think I couldn't have been here where I'm right now without those exchange because it has really become my personality and part of my life so it's really it's really, really cool to be able, and it's only in guiding that you could have that opportunities to really exchange, share something, learn from different organization, and then bring it back to your organization to improve or to change or to introduce something new in your organization. So it's really, it's really, really cool to be able to do that. And even just right now, it's an exchange, virtually exchange. But it's it's give the opportunity for others also to learn about who you are, what what is guiding your country, 
and stuff like that. So it's really cool. Yeah, that sounds so interesting. I don't I don't think we have something comparable to that. I could be wrong, but I think the closest thing I've ever heard of that's similar is just planning um, international trips with other girls um, from across the U.S. Like um, a bunch of people from all different parts of the country might go on a Girl Scout trip together that's planned by the bigger organization, um, like the national organization or one of the like state organizations, they might plan a trip and invite Girl Scouts from all over the U.S. to go somewhere else. And they might go do something that would include interacting with Girl Scouts or Girl Guides in that country and seeing what um, kind of headquarters or something like that but I don't know of any actual like exchange programs. That sounds like such a cool experience. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And it's really helping girls, the organization, the region to grow. I've seen like really, like if I talk about the YES program, it's really big. So it's actually founded by, uh, by one organization in, wait, let me remember the country. <laughs> Uh, wait, let me remember, remember it uh, by a Norwegian agency. So, but it's in enabling girls to really see what are guiding in another country. And I've seen the Africa region growing from that, having wonderful members and really like exciting. It's really exciting and it's really cool because it's really an enabling girls to grow. And to see different things and to work for communities, not only the guiding communities, but the old communities. One of them also, we used to, I think UK are doing the similar things with their gold project. Like, so different girls from different area or in the same unit work together and then do projects in another countries, not only to visit, but really doing projects. So as soon as they have their, their team, they contact another like country and then they're starting working together. They come, for example, for us, they came here for about a month. So there are plenty of activities that we do in a month. So it's not just visit, but really working to make impact in the communities and in the guiding level. But it's really cool. Yeah. That's so fun. I'm so glad that you shared that. So what made you decide to get involved as a volunteer um, once you were done with Rangers? What made you decide to get involved as a volunteer? I think the more you are enjoying it, the more you want to get uh, deeply in it. So it's that like I've, I get a lot. I grow up so much in as a Ranger. I've gained a lot of things as a Ranger. So at some point, you just have that click where now I want to share, I want to give, I want to give the opportunities for the others also to grow. And I want to share what I have, the little that I have. So I think at some point you just have that small click and then you just go and dip in. But as I said, the more you are involved in it, the more you enjoy it, the more deeply you are getting to it. So yeah, that's where here I am right now. That's good. So what's one of your proudest moments as a volunteer? Ooh, the proudest moment is um, 
what will I say? There are a lot of, so the one is when I become runners, leaders, like a like leader, volunteers, we had only two, three, we had only three runners, but I promised myself that it won't stay like this. So I will make sure that this unit grow. So from that time until now, it has really, it has expanded from three to like 20 of us right now in my unit. So that's one of the proudest moments is just being that's able amazing to, to make like to have something to offer first, but also to make sure that girls are joining, guiding and stay not only for a few times, but stay because they are they will they will have the plen- plenty of opportunities to grow up. So that's the one of the things that I'm really proud of. The second is like being part of those different exchanges because not everyone has not everyone has the opportunities, but like you go through different selections and stuff. So it's really I'm really proud when we are selected to be like to be able to do something. But yeah, that's one of them. So it's like really seeing see girls that you have been in charge, growing and becoming the best leaders that a council, I think that's the biggest thing, like seeing something growing, seeing people growing and seeing the movement growing as well. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. So one of my, one of the things we all agree on is that Girl Scouts and Girl Guides helps girls grow. Um, But one of the things that I love the most about this movement is that it doesn't just help girls grow. It's for adults to grow too. So how has volunteering impacted or changed you or your life um, through volunteering for guiding? It has changed a lot, actually. It's really helping even adults grow. So when when I finished high school, so I went to university, I studied marketing, and then I thought, oh, I really enjoy doing marketing, actually. And I thought, like, I would do this as a work. So at my fourth year of university, that's where the youth exchange stuff to stuff has started. And then I just, it's just in, like, it wasn't in a rush, but I really thought about it, but I just sent the application like that. And then I was selected. So I went for the exchange for seven months in Uganda. But then right there after that, I was like, I think I'm not going to do marketing as it is. I'm going to do something more. So it has really helped me to find my my own mission as like me as a person. So I think with that guiding, I wouldn't have found it. I would just would have fall in like going studying something and then finding work, working eight hours a day and stuff like that, which now I think I wouldn't manage to do it right now. But it has really helped me to find, I would say, my yeah, my my mission in life. It has also helped me with my leadership and training skill I couldn't stand in front of people before like really couldn't stand I would just be behind sitting somewhere where it is hidden but now it's more like I want every day to train people like to make to just give them something that they could use in their life and then just be there to smile to support 
people. So it has really helped me also to find that out a vocation of what I'm going to do with my life. And the wonderful part is now, I think this is one of the unique moments of my life. I'm working right now for my organization. I am a volunteer in my region and stuff, but I also am working as a staff for some programs in my association. So it's really like putting putting it together and keep on growing and growing. Um, the other one is English is not our first language or even second language. So we have our language, which is Malagasy, and we are French-speaking countries, so most of us speak French. But it was through guiding where I really practice and learn by myself to speak English. So that's one thing like I wouldn't be able to to share or exchange at international level without English right now. So guiding was the little push that pushed me through in practicing and speaking English and learning by myself. So that different points like in my adult guiding time. That's so, so many great things. And specifically with English, that is what allowed us to be able to have this conversation because I do not speak any of your language. (laughs) I speak very little French. And so we would not even be able to have this conversation. (laughs) So that's fun. Um, Okay. What has been the biggest challenge for you as a volunteer leader? Um, the biggest challenge was only, I won't say money is a challenge, but um, doing a fundraising is really a big challenge. But because for me, I always wanted to give all girls the same opportunities. They don't have, their parents don't have the same incomes. Their parents don't have, like, they don't have the same, like, the same, uh, I would say, the same abilities to provide for themselves so but for me I was always like we do activities and everyone should do it no matter how much we need so I had to think about different way to find money for all the girls in my unit when they were like four it was easy to, it was only the five of us but the more we grow the more we need more money and sometimes I I even had time where I really cried because we had to go to a camp the next day, the day before we didn't have enough money for that camp. But we just went by faith, like we are going to that camp. At some point, you just cry. You don't even know what to do. You just cry. But then blessings are there to our eyes, like blessings are there for something. So we haven't managed to, to go that to that camp but I said the most most challenging part is always finding money because we don't want to leave someone behind we are all together so we everyone should have the same opportunities so we are working more on finding more money to support each one of the girls so I think that's the biggest part like the biggest challenge is as a leader That is a good one. And I think so relatable here too. I think um, everybody listening can relate to that. So last question. It's a big one. (laughs) What does guiding mean to you? Um, I I think for me, guiding is a life. (laughs) It's totally life. It's passion, but it's life because it's a big part 
of my life since I was a child. And it's it's really there. It has like with that kaidin, I couldn't be where I am right now. And I'm I'm thankful for kaidin for bringing me here for like like I would say creating the person I am right now. Because without that, I like um as I said, I couldn't be who I am right now and where I am right now. Or even prepare the f- for the future that I want. So it's really part of life. And the, the, the most wonderful part of it is wherever I go, even if, for example, I'm not in Madagascar, I can still be, I can still be a guide somewhere. So it's really, it's really life. <laughs> it's really, really, really life. That's so cool. I have loved getting a chance to meet you and hear about your incredible experiences and um, some really neat stories. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and do this with me and hang out with me for a little while. I really appreciate you. It it would have been wonderful also to meet you with you in person and talk (laughs) sometimes. Yeah, so I to come in Madagascar or somewhere in the world. We'll meet somewhere there as soon as the world is totally open. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really talking to everybody, like these, all these cool people like you all over the world. It sure makes me want to travel. I can't wait until I can do a Girl Scout slash guide world tour and meet as many people as possible in person and go see guiding for myself um, in your country. I think that would be so cool. I'd love to come and help out and meet you and see what you do. But obviously with this pandemic, it'll be a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but not only you, but everyone. Yes. Yeah. We'll plan a whole trip. If you want to do that. Yeah. That would be so fun. 